And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I feel like there are songs about Chicago that I should know, but right now I can't remember them. Besides, like, I want to, like, I want to do Cult of Personality. CM Punk, I don't know if you know this, was from Chicago. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Um, But having recently traveled there, are there songs of your fair city? Uh, Sweet Home Chicago. All right. Well, fair enough. But Doc Manson has returned from being away, usually I'm the one taking elaborate vacations, but Doc was gone. He missed a week of podcasting, but he is back. I'd like to point out, like yes. four days before I left, I sent you a message asking if you wanted to pre-record uh, the Roddy Piper show, and oh, I got yeah. no response, sir. I got oh, no yeah. response. I do remember that. Yeah, we should probably do that since he died about, you know week and a half ago yeah oh oh man uh but how are you doc manson welcome back to ddt wrestling it's always nice to see um half of my screen filled up with that lovely blue wall behind you and then there down at the bottom as he sinks even lower in his chair um how was chicago how was your family vacation how is it being was an uncle? Fine, fine. Um, Chicago's an all right place. There's plenty to do. Um, so we made ourselves busy going to various, uh, you know, places. Went to the uh, Chicago Botanic Garden. That was very uh, pretty. The grounds were well kept. That was, you know, a nice place. We ate out a few different places. That was fantastic. On um, the first day, uh, I think I told you I was going to stop at Portillo's on yes. the way to uh, Mrs. Manson's brother's house. We did, in fact, do so. And um, it was delicious. I got a large chocolate cake shake. I think we talked about this a little bit, too. It is a chocolate shake into which they blend an entire piece of chocolate cake. And it is divine. Now, okay, I don't know that we did talk about this because, to me piece of chocolate cake is uh-huh. fine the way it is why oh, would yeah. you want to mix it into a shake all i'm gonna tell you is you should try it because it's awesome it's this giant moist piece of chocolate cake with this thick chocolate frosting bordering on ganache i would assume but they just dump it in there and they blend and it's it's like drinking a chocolate shake and I know it's pieces of cake that you're you're sipping through the straw, but it's almost like like chunks of hot fudge or ganache that's just like suspended in the so you get this this thick sort of textured um rich chocolate experience that, that that's like embedded within the chocolate shake um okay it's so it's, it's fabulous it's, it's not just. You know, it, it's more than just what a, your average milkshake should oh, be. I mean, the the chocolate shake itself, I would say, is a, is is your average chocolate shake. But yeah, that's what when, I'm saying. Once when you, you add the chocolate cake to it. it, it yeah, it transforms. It transcends 
uh, the medium of milkshake to become something else entirely. And what that thing is, is delicious. And it's worth it because as fans of this show know, you and I, neither one of us are particularly fond of lactose. No. So. No, but but yeah, I recommend it. Good to know. A chocolate cake shake from Portillo's in Chicago. That yeah. is Doc Manson's recommendation here on DDT Wrestling. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, if you're going to eat there as well, I mean, I recommend uh, the Italian beef. Uh, you want to get it dipped. They, they actually take the whole sandwich because they'll, they'll give you an Italian beef. It's basically roast beef, you know, but it's spiced um, on like a, on a grinder roll, a hoagie roll, if you will. And uh, so they, they'll serve it just plain. They'll serve it with au jus drizzled upon it. Or, and this is my recommendation, you get the sandwich dipped. A dipped hot Italian beef. They take the whole a... sandwich, submerge it into the au jus, take it back out, and they serve it to you. And that... I recommend putting hot peppers on that as well. Isn't that a French dip? Sure. It's awesome. Called, that is called the French dip. It's interesting. The Italian beef with a French dip. Which it's sounds awesome. borderline pornographic. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. I'm very glad. Did you have a hot dog, a Chicago dog, while you were out there? I did not. I've had one on a prior trip, and I could have gotten one at Portillo's. They are ostensibly a hot dog place, but they're also well-known for the Italian beef sandwiches, and uh, that, I think, is where my heart truly lies. Okay. And at some point, we're going to – and maybe we've done this already. I feel like we need – you and I are uniquely qualified to rank uh, the deli meats. Ah, that sounds like a good future episode of DC and Doc Talk, only on the NAI Network. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, the NAI uh, Wrestling Network? Wait, are we on the Wrestling Network? Wait, what? Uh, I, I believe. Our, is there another network yet? Because I, I have to assume if they're if they because they've changed the branding, folks. If there's going to be a wrestling network, there's got to be a non-wrestling network, right? So why is our show not about wrestling on the wrestling? I I don't even know. I've been out of the loop here. I've been gone basically since they sent us that revised um, logo. Um, So you have to tell me, DC, are we in fact on the NAI Wrestling Network? As far as I am aware, we are still on the wrestling. DC and Doc Talk, our weekend show, is going to be remain on the NAI Wrestling Network. But I did mention to... Uh, Jason Maltov, uh, that that it was interesting that we would stay there because we are not a wrestling show. And I didn't know if he was hoping that DDT Wrestling would move to the wrestling network and then we would have this other show. I, you know, it, I, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but I'm not sure what the game plan is. And okay. I'm not sure... That they're sure. What I will say, and I was going to tell this to you off the air, but I'll just mention it to you now. Um, I do know they're branching out into other genres and they want to do pop culture and things of that nature. And to me, the first thing that came to mind was B-Movie Geek. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Because I think, not that I, you would want to do a solo show, but whether it was with your good buddy Liam Stryker or with GQ or any of those people, a B-movie geek podcast has some legs to it. There's something it, there. It definitely does, but I think I I think I probably 
would have to get on top of this very quickly because, as I understand, there's a few other B-movie um, fans on the other shows of the network, and I suspect resting on my laurels as I want to do, uh, I will get scooped on that and another show will appear before I put one together. I mean, for that matter, if I put one together, I bet another show shows up anyways. So, you know, I I don't know if I really would want to do it if I was going to be not unique with that uh, content. From this camera angle, I look like I weigh 497 pounds. That is untrue. You look like you weigh... No more than a buck twenty. <laughs> Why? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I also want to thank you for the Arn Anderson compliment. Truly, yes, possibly one of the nicest things you've ever said about me. I, if, I meant if it I'm as going a compliment. To, if I'm going to live life as a balding man, <laughs> I will like to be Arn Anderson. <laughs> There's definitely a resemblance there, and oh, I think yeah. Mrs. Manson um, tweeted a, a a photo of um, Arn Anderson with. Um, Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard. And, you know, I, I think the resemblance between you and Arn is, is stronger. But, but it's I, there. I'm not that far off from Tully. No, I'm gonna... if, there was a, if there was a picture of Arn Anderson and John Hodgman together, then we'd be in business. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Um, um, all right. So we are back together. And as evidenced by the fact that we are almost 10 minutes in and we have talked really no wrestling. Uh, but I did want to start... Uh, with our emails, because we've been away for a while. I did not answer any emails last week. Uh, thank you to Chip for joining us on a special episode of the Pontificast where we pondered Japanese wrestling. Um, but uh, we do have uh, five emails. Uh, DDTWrestling at gmail.com is where you can get your emails read on the air. And uh, these go back quite a bit to all the way back to uh, late July. Uh, but again, quite a bit of our UK contingent. So uh, would you like to answer Glenn's question? Absolutely. Uh, I will read it first. Hi, go. guys. In answer to your question on DC and Doc Talk, we in the UK have exactly the same fruit juices as your good selves in the U.S., OJ being the most popular, with apple, cranberry, and pineapple being up there too. Strawberries don't juice well, but are great in smoothies. Also a wrestling question for you. If you could book a tag match with the teams consisting of a current star and one from the past, who would you choose? Must be one heel and one face team. Thanks, Glenn. All right, so. So wait, wait, first though, first. Yes. Juices. On the juice subject here. Yes. I don't know that I would consider pineapple juice a popular juice here in the States. Like, I don't know. No. I don't know anybody who goes and orders a glass of pineapple juice. No. It's a a mixer. You use it in cooking. Yeah. But no, I don't believe it is a... uh, So, uh, Glenn... When you mentioned pineapple juice, did you mean that you might go to breakfast out and order a glass of pineapple juice? I am curious. I am as, as well. As always, with our NAIUK fans, their answers just lead to more questions. All right. So I'm a rest- very inquisitive person. And uh, just DC to say, for the, the rest of this, for, for, for the rest of this, the, the, the current 
stars, the heel and face team. Uh, I, I think that the two of us should have to workshop this and offer one team, one, one set of teams. I think we have to agree on this. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind um, is Arn Anderson, because A, we were just talking about him, Wait. and B... Is he current or is he past? No, he was a past. He wrestled in the 80s and 90s. And so the idea is you take But he was a, on my television this week, so that's current. Yes, but he wasn't wrestling. He hasn't wrestled since 96. Okay. So I, I would immediately go with, and this wouldn't be the flashy answer, but you take Arn Anderson and Scott Dawson of The Revival and you put them together to make the ultimate tag team tag team. You could do Dash Wilder too. You're not going to know the difference, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, but that would be you know. But again, that's just that's the first. Scott thing that comes Dawson's to mind. the bald one, right? Scott Dawson is the bald one who apparently has suffered an injury, and the revival cannot seem to catch a break on the main roster. I'm guessing that they are now destined to never do anything of importance. I, I think they will do things of importance because. There just aren't that many tag teams, but it doesn't bode well for them that one of no. them got injured and then almost immediately the other one got injured. Yeah. Um, all right, but let's see here. So do you want to start with a current superstar or a former superstar if we're going to workshop this? Well, is this the heel or the face team? I suppose you just picked the superstar first. Like, knowing you as a big Mick Foley fan, I'm like, okay. Well, let's pick Mick Foley in any of his iterations okay. and, and pair him up with a, you know, perhaps an appropriate uh, team member. Is Oscar coming to say hello? Is that what just happened? No, no. The missus popped her head in. Okay. Have you eaten yet? Is she Will she be bringing you delightful dinner? In a... No, I, I, I ate a bit. Okay. I'm just checking. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, but again. It's up to you. We could pick. That's whomever. an Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Hello. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's go with um, that famous past star of. Hmm. Famous past star of CM Punk. Okay. So that's an interesting choice. It's all right. So CM Punk. Uh, would you want heel CM Punk or face CM Punk? Well, that's why I picked him, because I asked you heel or face, and you deflected me. So I gave you an answer where you still have you, to choose. I am, more <laughs> used, I am more used to straight-edge society CM Punk. So I would be inclined to go that way, because you could, hypothetically, uh-huh. yep. then involve Luke Gallows, sure. who is part of the straight-edge society. I also believe... This, this is apropos to nothing, but the, the female of that group, Serena, who yep. was bald at the time, mm-hmm. is going to be part of the Mae Young Classic with hair. Yep, that's true. All true. That's coming up, too. End of the month. Hmm. Yeah, she looks different because now she has hair and also she removed her breast implants. I don't know if you knew that. When I she was bald, they were ridiculously large. Okay. Well, interesting. I'll take hair. Over buxomness. Hmm. Uh, all right, so let's do heel CM Punk. So who would you pair with heel CM Punk? Why do I have to pick all the superstars? 
Okay, so let's see. So we need a we need a heal from. I mean, you just said you were gonna maybe pair him with Luke Gallows. Is that your final yeah, but, answer? Well, no, no, because it's you know we're talking all star tag teams. Luke Gallows, while I'm sure he's swell, is not an all star talent. So I'm thinking of a heel, you know, from this era. So let's do. Well, no, not Jin. He's not going to be Jinder Mahal. No, nope. I'm trying to think of who the. You know, because you want a heel who is also in the CM Punk vein of the kind of... Okay, fine. Kevin Owens. CM Punk and Kevin Owens. Good choice. I like it. In the, you know. And now, again, so if we're picking, I'll go ahead now and I'll pick the, the current wrestler... And I'll leave it to you to pick the past wrestler. Or would no, you no, like no, 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 no. You have to pick. You have to pick the past star because okay, I, I picked the last past star. So all right, so it's CM Punk and Kevin Owens. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to pick uh, Mick Foley, and I'll go ahead and pick the Cactus Jack, but Cactus Jack in the babyface versus Triple H kind of run. So a babyface okay. Cactus Jack. Is my past wrestler, and this is, and you're considering Cactus Jack a face then? Because I mean, as yes. you just described during that run, I guess he was yes. a face. Yes, um, babyface Cactus Jack. Babyface Cactus Jack is gonna get paired up with current superstar. Hmm. Let me think here. Well, you know, I think the obvious answer. I don't know if it's obvious. But I think the answer that would, you know, make a lot of sense, there's a lot of synergy there, would maybe be Dean Ambrose. I mean, that could be yep. a fun pairing. Absolutely. I think the two of them together with, you know, Cactus Jack being in his heyday capable of, of going, mm-hmm. I, I think would bring a lot out of Dean Ambrose um, and, and provide a very balanced, cohesive <clears throat> style if nothing else i remember the first time i ever heard the name john moxley was because there was some sort of this was in one of those times when mick foley i don't believe was employed by wwe they had some sort of program i don't think mick was wrestling but they had some sort of you know whether it was social media or they had some sort of interaction right Um, yeah so that makes perfect sense all right so there you go so cm punk and kevin owens <clears throat> taking on Cactus Jack and Dean Ambrose. That's a great... I'd watch that match. I'd watch it, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Well, thank you, Glenn. What a great uh, kind of thought experiment um, to get ourselves into a wrestling mode. I appreciate it very much. Our next email, staying with um, the, uh, the our NAI UK contingent, is Simon, the sport monkey himself, and the title is colorless green ideas sleep furiously hmm greetings from sunny windy rainy then sunny all in the space of this greeting manchester i found my love for wrestling again this week deep in the archives of the wwe network this has made me insanely happy now i'm off now the problem is he didn't tell us what he found it's just that he found it. Was it a <clears throat> a specific match? Was it a show? Was it a funny line? Like, you know, if you're rediscovering your passion, you got to let us know what it is. But 
I'm guessing it's got something to do with pudding. I'm off to see my nephew for the first time in three very up and down weeks. So that's this week's email done. The WWE still has my $9.99. I'm still captive. But this week, I feel like Vince let me put posters up in my cell. So I'm happy. All the best. Speak to you again soon. Simon. Simon. All right. Well, let's <clears throat> let's talk about this then, because it's been a couple of weeks. We are very close to SummerSlam. SummerSlam is not this weekend, but next weekend, which means it's TakeOver. It's SummerSlam. It's arguably the second biggest weekend in the WWE's calendar year. Maybe that or the Rumble. You could argue either one. Um, how are you feeling about WWE's direction? Where we're heading uh, towards SummerSlam. Are you positive? Are you negative? Are you ambivalent? Do you just want it over with? I'm largely ambivalent. I'm going to try to be positive. I mean, the thing that I'll say is I watched wrestling this week, but I'm not sure I can really tell you anything that happened outside sure. of the fashion peaks. Okay. So, I, like, I think that speaks negatively to some extent. I'm clearly not invested in a lot of what they are doing right now. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't think there's anything that's been like offensively bad. So there's okay. that. Well, what do you, th let's talk about fashion peaks because you were in Chicago and missed, uh, I don't think you were watching when the first episode aired. I didn't get it, and I think I talked to Chip briefly about this. I didn't really get it because I have not seen Twin Peaks, so a lot of what was happening, I was like, I'm assuming this is from the show, but I don't know. You know, they're talking backwards in the Ascension. I, I give them a lot of credit. Not only has this gotten Tyler Breeze and Fandango over in a way that probably shouldn't have happened, but I care so much more about the Ascension now than I did before. It's literally the best thing the Ascension has ever done. I would, yeah, up and back, and you'd have to go back to, you know, their early days in NXT where they were just doing squash matches. It was the last time I enjoyed them this much. So, um, but what have you, obviously you've enjoyed it because you're a Twin Peaks fan and a wrestling fan. Uh, do we know who has attacked them yet, though? Because I'll freely admit I did not watch SmackDown this week. So has the mystery been solved? Maybe. What does that mean? It wasn't Arn Anderson. He didn't do it. Well, yeah, um, but Tyler Breeze asked Fandango where he'd been, and Fandango said that he'd been abducted by aliens. So, assuming that at face value what he said is accurate, when they got beat up as a result of the X-Files segment, everything that's been going on since then, uh, the official explanation is space aliens. I can't tell you how disappointed that will make me if they just if they just make that go away. Like it was a perfect time. I don't care who they picked to do it. It was the perfect time to include somebody else. And if they just go, "Oh, it was aliens and let's move on." I He was like, "I was abducted by space aliens." And he's like, "How did you get free?" And Fandango says, oh, I could have left at any time. And he says, well, why didn't you? Anal probes. It was pretty funny. 
<laughs> it was pretty funny. I'm sure it it was, but I I guess I'm still hoping that this is going to lead to something. Well, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. I agree with you 100%. I, I would like this to lead to a program between them and another wrestling team because, again, this is a wrestling show. That's where this should be. And I, these two guys, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, very talented. They've proven they can be very entertaining. I would like to now see them involved in a wrestling angle, right? That's yes. all we could possibly hope for here. Um so I, 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 I agree with you. I, I don't know what the point of this has been if they're not going to do that. I, entertainment. But the, my problem is it doesn't go anywhere because eventually this will stop being entertaining. And then... Well, that's the other thing. Fandango's back. The big mystery was, where was Fandango? And then the other big mystery from before that was who destroyed Tully, their little riding horse. And that also got wrapped up. It seems like they went out of their way to wrap up all of the loose ends in this last edition of the fashion uh, peaks. So I'm wondering if we are going to see any more of this or if this is now just over. Well, and again, I will be sorely disappointed if it is over Though at the same time, if this is all it's going to be, then, you know, I'd go. If it's going to lead, I don't care. If it if all this just leads to the Fandango and Tyler Breeze sketch show on WWE Network, and they don't, they're not even wrestlers anymore, I'm fine with that. Just tell me. Because, again, a theme that you and I have had in these conversations is we're talking about spinning our wheels. They're spinning their wheels in a very entertaining way right now. But the wheels are still spinning. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I do hope that they eventually reconnect this to wrestling in some way. And, like, I'm okay with there being comedy acts. Like, I thought Santino was very entertaining, and he did that in a wrestling capacity for not his entire career, but for a large portion of it. And if they want to go that route with Fandango and Tyler Breeze, that's fine. But let's please bring some wrestling back into the act. That's all I'm yes. asking. Yes. And again, that was why I was like, whether it's Harper and Rowan, whether it's, you know, I don't care who the tag team is. Let's. Well, do act. any wrestlers on the SmackDown roster have any ties to aliens? Is anybody from space? Is anybody? No. You could argue that, you know, this is going to potentially be. Well, I don't think it's going to be inappropriate, but you could make a case that the Singh brothers having not been from this country could be considered alien. You know, I'm taking it as, okay, well, let's do alien as foreigner, not alien as space. But then you have to ask the question, why are the Singh brothers doing anal probes? And now we're getting into just a way more creepy sort of topic. So no, unless you're going to do some, you know, I think the days of, people being from space are done. So I'm assuming they're just going to move on, but well, maybe they're, maybe they're the company is in talks and maybe they're very close to bringing Cody Rhodes back to the company 
Because if they were to bring Cody Rhodes back, they could just immediately make him stardust again and force him to be a part of this angle. And I'm oh, sure yeah. Cody would love that. Because he'd come save the Cosmic Wasteland again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, you know, again, like I said, we're, we're nine or ten days away from TakeOver and SummerSlam. I'm not going to make you tell me the TakeOver card. Because I don't know if you've been watching NXT. I'm not sure that you would know any of the no. matches. Um, and again, we can talk about that more next week. But, you know, there are 11 matches already announced for SummerSlam. And there hmm. is still a week to go. Now, some of these will wind up being moved to the pre-show, I am sure. But regardless, like usually hmm. usually these pay-per-views are at 7 or 8. We're at 11 and I'm guessing there's going to be at least one or two more. Well, SummerSlam so, is a long show. The official start time is 7 o'clock, so it's an extra hour. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to read down the list so we can see, because the whole point of this was Simon had mentioned, you know, feeling like he could put posters up in his cell. So generally speaking, people are a little more optimistic about WWE than they have been. So I figured let's go through this, which will also give us a way to kind of talk about what's been going on these last few weeks. Obviously, the main event is going to be Brock, Roman, Joe, Strowman in a fatal four-way. Since we've last spoken, Brock and Paul Heyman have come out and said if he loses, he's done. Uh, He's not coming back. He won't, you know, continue his contract. Um, Roman and Joe and Strowman have tried to kill each other on multiple occasions. We had this lovely Miz TV segment with Heyman and the Miz on the mic going back and forth. You're not a huge Roman Reigns fan. I'm not sure if you're even a Brock Lesnar fan. How are you feeling about the main event for Raw? I think it'll be a good match. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that one. I think it's a unique dynamic, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually sort of excited to see, to see what they do. There's a lot of different ways they could go. And that's always what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? I'm always yeah. just looking for something where I feel like the outcome is not guaranteed. I, I will say at this point, it seems to me like Brock Lesnar is probably going to win. But still, I, I, I'm enjoying the story. I am loving what's happening. I thought the segment to open Raw this week with The Miz and The Miz Taraj and all of that was brilliant. They mm-hmm. all played their parts very well. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel took some lovely German suplexes. Um, so uh, let me ask you a question about that segment, though, because this was obviously, you know, a, a red hot segment. As you said, Heyman, Miz, back and forth. Um, Heyman asking Miz about role playing. Very, very uh, hot. Um, but then Brock Lesnar gets down to business. He decimates the Miz and the Miz. Um, I don't know why on earth, after escaping the ring, the Miz would roll back into the ring after both members of the Miz Taraj already took F5s. I'm not sure why that happened. There was but... no reason for the Miz to be fiz- like No. The Miz's character should have pushed Bo and Curtis towards Brock uh-huh. and run as far away as I mean, Bo. he literally took, I don't know if it was a clothesline or, or something, he rolled out of the ring... He waited for the other two to get F five, and then he rolled back into the like that. That made no sense, but that's not that wasn't my point. Sorry, yeah. that wasn't my point. My point here was, 
though, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter, a lot of talk about, and the talk was split, okay? It was split, and I want to know what your opinion is on this. One group of people were saying, this is why Brock Lesnar needs to be on Raw every week. This was an excellent segment. See how good the show is when the champion is there to do business. And then the other group of people were saying, see, this is why Brock Lesnar shouldn't be here because when he is on the show, it makes these moments that much more special. It makes them feel like that much greater of a moment. And I know in the past you've certainly talked about how you feel like Brock should be on the show. Um, I, I think you were lamenting the fact that he hasn't been there in the past. So I guess my question is, now, in light of what we did see this week, where do you fall on that issue? Do you think he should be there every week? Or do you think we can't get moments like we got on Monday if he's always there? I think I would <clears throat> toe the line right in between. I think he should be there. I spend too much time with you. I'm going to obstruct your question. I think uh -huh. he should be there more often than he is while not necessarily being there every single week. Because what this was, <clears throat> was it was Brock interacting with someone else. Him yeah. going out and, you know, being with Kurt Angle and then Braun Strowman and all, like, that's his scene. But he's going out there and interacting with other people. And you got the chance to see, oh, my God. You know, because a lot of people, I think, would think this, but you don't notice it until you're looking at it. The Miz might be the only person in WWE, the entire company, who can hold a microphone in the ring with Paul Heyman and not feel completely out of his element. Right. He's the one guy that I'm like, the two of you can go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and it's fine. And so that's, you know, not that I ever want to see Brock Lesnar versus The Miz for the Universal title, but that's where the money is in that, would be in the, the dialogue. We got that without having to watch the horror show that would be The Miz versus Brock. Sure. But, you know, but I understand what people were saying. And if I had to pick one of them, I suppose I would be in the camp of if Brock was there every week, he would just be yet another part of this machine. And, you know, they obviously wrote that segment beautifully, probably because they said, Paul, Mike, here's where we'd like you to go. Whatever you'd like, you know, yeah. I doubt anyone said, Paul, we'd like you to bring up uh, sexual role play. <laughs> that you... seems unlikely to have been scripted, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I mean, just, yeah, to sort of conclude my thoughts on it, I guess it's you're right. I, I don't really necessarily want to come down another side of the issue. Should the champion be there more often? Yeah, probably more than he has been. But you're right. You can't get moments like that when he's not there. So I. Regardless of which side of the issue you come down on, I think we can all agree that the segment we got on Monday was utilizing the situation that they have put themselves into over the course of these last, you know, several months, over the course of Brock Lesnar's title reign. They took what they sowed and they did the absolute best they could with it. They produced a quality segment, regardless of how you feel about everything. They, they, they made the most out of what they had. And Absolutely. I think that's commendable. They, they did what Paul Heyman's philosophy was in ECW. Highlight the strengths. 
ignore the weaknesses. Paul Heyman is an all-time talker. The Miz is an all-time talker. Let's put them together. Brock Lesnar is an all-time, I'm going to throw people around. And while Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel might not be all-time, they're very good ragdolls. So yeah, they bump well. <laughs> but let's, let's put this in a situation where everyone is doing exactly what they are supposed to do. And like you said, I, they do need to be commended because that was a... That was a great moment that when we are doing the DDT Awards in a few months, I imagine that moment may come back to us at some point for some reason because it was it was excellent. So, and again, I enjoyed the triple threat match between Joe and Roman and Braun. I know you probably not watching anything with Roman Reigns in it. I was just in asleep before that match yeah. came on. So, And then uh, the last man standing match was very good. The fact that Braun Strowman picked up an office chair like the one I am sitting in and threw it at Roman Reigns' head was just, it's, you know, this match is going to be really good. It is rare that we look at a card like this and think that the main event could steal the show, but this really could. Yeah, Because you have four talents who are going to just beat the hell out of each other. I'm looking forward to that match despite not being super into several of the people in it. Yeah. Uh, let's turn to the other side, the blue brand. Um, shockingly, uh, we're going to see Jinder Mahal wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE title. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you have to say? Pretty would you much. Ra- would you rather it be John Cena? I'd rather it be a triple threat. But I understand John Cena got a role in the movie, so he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, I I understand that, too. And I think it's, you know, I don't think Shinsuke is going to Although, win. is that even true? Is Or is John Cena going to face off with Baron Corbin? It's unclear to me at this time. He's wrestling Baron Corbin. It's on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So, so. I guess he's not going to be gone, gone. Um, no, but I don't think he's going to, you know, I think he's going to leave right after. So this might be an opportunity. We've talked on this show. I know we have about John Cena. Like SummerSlam is the one pay-per-view where John Cena is most likely going to lose and lose badly. I wouldn't be surprised if this is Baron Corbin takes him out. And, you know, John Cena, if he's not carried out on a stretcher, he's he's gone with the understanding that he might not be back for a while. Sure. So. Uh, all right, going through the rest of the card quickly, Naomi versus Natalia. Uh, Alexa Bliss, who was supposed to wrestle Bailey, is now going to wrestle Sasha or Nia Jax. Is Bailey done? Mm, no, but yes. I they're going to have to they're going to have to change the character a bit, and I, I've been tweeting it for a while. This is the perfect opportunity for bright and bubbly Bailey to turn into bitter bratty Bailey. And you have not... been, you've been tweeting that for a while. That's never going to happen. It's just like, she naturally should be jealous. All of these opportunities keep being taken away from her and Sasha's going to wind up benefiting. And I don't know. Anyways, um, Neville versus Akira Tozawa, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as the referee. Mm-hmm. 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 Not opposed to it, but I'm not sure what Shane's going to do besides set up Shane versus Kevin Owens, perhaps at a later date. Maybe he could fall off of something tall? Maybe. 
Randy Orton versus Rusev. I know you're really looking forward to that. I'm like, I wonder how long people are going to be like, Did they, was there a problem with the show? That was like 15 seconds of an awkward silence. Yep. New Day versus the Usos, again. Uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Have you I enjoyed... I mean, okay. That's been... That's been okay, what little I saw. I didn't see two weeks ago. I did see a little bit this week. But it was just Bray Wyatt doing his usual thing, mm-hmm. showing up, disappearing. I think you've got to see. You've got to see two weeks ago because Finn Balor got to do a little bit of wrestle magic without being in the face paint, and it mm. was kind. And it was just, I was like, "All right, this works for me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that one. This is they're doing a nice job uh, with that, and it's you know, I know I'm I'm having trouble with Bray Wyatt, um, more so than anything else at, at this point. I just. I don't understand Bray Wyatt at all anymore. Like, even just thinking about it, okay, so he's supposed to be this eater of worlds, but all he ever does is lose. And then, like, beyond the character part of it, beyond, you know, that story, I'm I'm just, like, thinking about who has benefited from feuding with Bray Wyatt. And I'm not sure I can... I can give you a recent example or any example. Well, let's go back. It was Randy. I suppose he, Ryan, again, he's not going to benefit. He's at a point in his career where he doesn't need to benefit. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think, and the funny thing about that is he didn't benefit, but neither did Bray. So what was the whole point of that? Fill yeah. some time to be I a guess match. So. To be so a what match was before Randy? Seen, to be a match that we haven't seen before. To give Randy the chance to do some refrigerator magic or ride in a limousine. A magic limousine? I don't know. It's it's not, you know, I have, I have accepted that this is what Bray Wyatt's going to be. He's going to be the guy who... I tweeted this, um, and I, I wonder what your thoughts are. I sort of feel like, obviously there's a little more a little more pomp and circumstance here, but is Bray Wyatt just the Brooklyn brawler? No. Like the modern version? No. If the Brooklyn brawler was, I see Bray Wyatt as kind of the B level heel that most baby faces are going to go through on the way to, you know, this is going to be, and it's odd because Finn Balor won the universal title in like his second or third match in WWE, but Bray Wyatt's going to be the guy you step on to ascend to the title picture. Well, I mean, isn't that sort of, I mean, okay. No, the Brooklyn brawler was the absolute, he was the absolute base, right? He was the first guy, a new face beats to establish themselves. So, okay, so it's a different level, but it, he's the Brooklyn brawler of the mid-card then? Because he is the stepping stone to the main event? I, again, and you're probably not going to like this comparison. Yeah. But Mick Foley was kind of, you know, he had moments where he ascended and was the main guy. But he was, a lot of times, he was wrestling in those, maybe even Kane 
wouldn't be a bad comparison. You know, Kane probably wrestled a lot of those younger guys on their way up. You know, you preface that by saying I wouldn't like that comparison, but honestly, that actually sort of, that sort of helps me, I think, it helps me sort of process mm-hmm. my expectations for Bray Wyatt in a way I hadn't considered. Okay, um, well, I'm happy to help. But yeah, that's it. It's going to be, he's going to be one of those, you know, he's a supporting actor. He's not going to be the lead, but he can step up and take the lead if you need to for a short time. He can hold a title for a bit, and then he's going to be a transitional champion to get you from this guy to this guy, and he's going to he's going to have decent enough matches and have moments to make people look good. And, you know, I, I do. I, I see, when I look at Bray Wyatt, I see Mankind slash Mick Foley. Now we just need Bray Wyatt to wear tie-dye and start calling himself Spook Dr. Sugar or something like that, and we'll be all set. I like it. All right, um, John Cena versus Baron Corbin, and I'm you know what's not on here is going to be the Raw tag team title match, which is going to be Rollins and Ambrose, those wacky oh. two that can't get together, uh, taking on Sheamus and Cesaro. And I will say, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying their you know what they're doing. It's not great, yeah. but it's Here's not my bad. Thing. Uh, I am enjoying what they're doing, and you're right. I think they are um, working towards that tag match. Oh, absolutely. But I, this is one of those cases where, while yes, I think I am largely enjoying what they're doing. Um, if I if I take a step back though, if if I'm gonna you know do a little armchair booking, which is what we all of our wrestling fans love to do, um, I really sort of wish that everything that was happening right now, instead of building up to that tag match, I sort of wish this was building to a singles feud between Rollins and Ambrose. I feel like we never got that. We. I know we, we, we sort of in well no hold on we we just recently as part of this you know this current storyline we got that big sort of moment in the ring where Ambrose apologize I'm sorry Rollins apologized to Ambrose and there was that there was that sort of putting some of that animosity sort of behind them right they did it verbally I think that 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 relationship was damaged enough going into this that you could have had a very good singles feud right now and coming out of that feud, maybe they we've talked like, you know, we wanted Ambrose to deck Rollins when Rollins apologized instead of just, you know, putting the chair down or whatever. I would have liked to have seen again, a singles feud where maybe at the end of it, Ambrose felt as though he had finally gotten that opportunity to get that physical aggression out. Um, and, and just and just watching these guys week to week, the the back and forth, the the the, the on the same page, not like I, I while again I'm enjoying some of that, I, I just I do wish that this was even if if Seamus and Cesaro were just playing the exact same roles that they were, I just wish that this was leading to mm-hmm. Ambrose and Rollins getting that opportunity to physically work out those oh, those yeah. those lasting demons. If SummerSlam was next month or two months from now, I think that's what, I think that would have made absolutely way more sense, and it would have been a better story. Their problem is they're looking around and going, "All right, what's our Raw tag team title match going to be?" 
let's compress this down. Rollins and Ambrose are going to tell what should be a six to eight week story in three or four weeks. So they have time because they're going to win these titles. You know, they are, they are going to win these titles and whether or not it lasts a day and then Ambrose turns or it lasts months at some point, you know, I do think this that's where we're headed is they're going to they're going to finally right before SummerSlam get their act together and you know become the best friend tag team that everybody has wished they would be since the shield broke up. Mm. But um but yeah, so again, 12 matches. And that's not if we, you know, the Hardys on aren't, aren't on here. I'm assuming they're going to wrestle probably the club now that the revivals uh out of the picture. Um you know, this this is only two women's matches. Charlotte's not on here. Becky Lynch isn't on here. So this is going to be a very long show. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing. Oh, I missed one. Excuse me, I missed one. I forgot to mention that Big Show and Big Cass are going to wrestle. And for reasons that I can't figure out, because I didn't watch the segment, Enzo Amore is going to be suspended in a shark cage. Yeah. Now, rumors have been floating around pretty hot and heavy that Enzo is in the doghouse with WWE, the guys in the locker room and all of that. I have to wonder if he's going to get, like, dropped, literally, from the cage, and we're never going to see him again. Well, that's an interesting theory. What is the point of putting him in the cage? So he can't interfere. Is that what he's been doing? Big show, ne- Big show needs that much help that he needs. Can I point out something? I don't know if you saw it. He, Big Show, literally looked like he killed Cass with that KO punch on Raw. <laughs> like one outside of the ring. Yes, yes. Yeah. He like gets up and he's like he's rising and he pops him and Colin Cassidy crumpled. Like, all of, like, the spinal fluid had been drained from his body. It was amazing. Again, I want to talk about the best thing certain people have done. That might be the best thing Colin Cassidy has done, because he sold that. I was like, oh, God, he's dead. So, um, you know, I don't know whether that... I'm assuming they're going to let him have a mic, and he's just going to talk the whole time while up in the shark cage. If they didn't let Jericho have a mic uh, when he was in the shark cage... I don't think they're going to let Enzo either. They must just have all of these devices, like the Punjabi prison. And they must be like, you know, we got to use these. They're doing nothing for us in storage. Let's drag that out. Because, again, it just seems like such a weird stipulation. Because that match is probably going to be a pre-show match, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I... While... This card doesn't set my hair on fire with excitement. I am looking forward to this night. It's going to be a long one. But there are, you know, the matches themselves, again, on paper, the matches themselves, with few exceptions, uh, look to be pretty entertaining. So I think, you know, I I am looking forward to SummerSlam more than I am looking forward to TakeOver. So I will say that. Not knowing any of the matches at TakeOver... I'm inclined to say I'm looking more forward to TakeOver. Well, since you but brought it just it up. might be history repeating. Since it. you brought it up, um, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas. Yes, please. Alistair Black versus Hideo Itami. 
that's an odd pairing, but um, I like Alistair Black a whole lot, so I will watch it. The Authors of Pain versus Sanity. Huh. <laughs> Mind you, I have not watched no. NXT in at least three or four weeks, so it's how did we figure- get there? <laughs> they just said Authors of Pain were coming to the ring for a squash match. Nikki Cross was standing on the ramp just laughing at them, and Sanity came out of the crowd to attack the jobbers and to be like, no, no, you're fighting us. So it's not like one of them turned babyface. It's just Uh, two big heel tag teams. I'll watch it. Sure. Uh, Asuka versus Ember Moon, part two or three. Yeah, I mean... It's Asuka. I'm looking... It's Asuka, so I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I... Yeah, Ember Moon. I didn't need to see that again. And the main event will be Bobby Roode. Okay. Defending his NXT title against... Against? Drew McIntyre. Huh. I will watch that. I'll watch it all, but it's just, again... That sounds like a good card to me. That sounds, honestly, like a good card. Well, all right. What about... Is Oni Lorcan doing anything? No, but uh, he and Danny Birch, who is one of the guys from the UK tournament, have had yeah. a feud going on, and it's obviously going to be the same kind of feud that Sheamus and Cesaro had, where they're going to wrestle each other a bunch of times, and then they're going to form a tag team. So you never know. Um, what about imagine... uh, Cassius Ono? What's he doing? That's it. The the cards I gave the name the matches I gave you are it. Cassius Ono's not there. Roderick Strong's not there. Well, who cares uh, about Roderick Strong? I mean, come on. Uh, you know. I'm a guy. I'm a generic man. My name is Roderick. Look at how generic I am. I have no personality. So here's my wife and our baby. Roddy Strong. That should be his nickname. I don't don't understand Uh, Roderick Strong. I liked Uh, him a good deal back in the day in TNA. He was the man of a thousand and one backbreakers. King of the backbreaker, yeah. But I, I don't. Does he still do that? Like I have not noticed in NXT that he He's that his offenses. They don't centered talk. They don't talk around. about it, but it, they're coming along. Okay. But yeah. So again, it'll be good. I'm be- Austin Aries with no personality. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't look care. at my banana. Isn't it full of potassium? Yeah something it'll be a good and it'll be two and a half hours versus six and a half hours so in that alone yeah uh, fair enough all right well that was a very long-winded way of answering simon's email in terms of talking about what's going on so we must return to the emails and we got i mean while we were talking about essentially this entire show has been answering simon's email pretty much which is i mean the title of this show could be simon's email I think it should be. Yeah. All Emails, right. mostly Simon. Because, you know, Chris Hawk, if Doc isn't back this week, I'll quit listening to T-O-O, the show, even though Chip did an excellent job filling in for Doc. No capitalization, no punctuation. That's not true. If is capitalized. Well, and Isle is capitalized. Yes, yeah, I mean, but no end punctuation and no name punctuations. Again, I wish I could correct this and send it back. You have to assume at this point he does it just to irritate you. That's probably true. 
I mean, he sends the entire email just to irritate you, right? So do you want to the read... grammar and spelling have to be that as well. Do you want to read Barrister A's email, or is that one we shouldn't click on? Uh, I'm not clicking on that. All right. <laughs> Please reply as soon as possible, underscore, 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 thanks. Yeah, and nothing in that message except for attachments that I am not opening on my computer. All right. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal has got to be one of the most random matchups for the WWE Championship at a Mania or SummerSlam in history. What other really championship matchups stood out to you as random or strange throughout WWE history at any event, not just SummerSlam? Huh. What other championship matchups stood out? Well, first of all, do you find Jinder versus Shinsuke to be random? No. I don't either. I think it makes sense, you know. Cena versus Shinsuke was a good match to put on a live SmackDown just to tease it. Obviously, people are going to want to see that again at some point. And it puts somebody new and more exciting in the um, championship picture. Who Jinder can beat. Because Jinder yeah. can beat Shinsuke. And it's not Jinder pinning Cena. Because right. as much as people are going to hate it, hate Jinder beating Shinsuke, people are going to hate Jinder beating Cena a whole lot more. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but other random, you know, again, I missed a lot of the brand, the first brand split. I would imagine there are a lot of random championship matchups. Christian versus Randy Orton. I don't know any of the story, but just on paper, that's a random matchup. Those were good matches. I'm sure they were. But again, and again, I'm sure the story was good. The problem is you've got to consider the story like on paper. You know, there's a lot of them that look random, but then you re- find the story behind it, and you're like, "Well, are there any you can think of that were actually random? No story, just oh god, ah, uh, ah, uh, this yes. is happening now." Yes. Uh, Which one? Can, what do you have? I can't think. When of Ron like that. Simmons won the WCW lottery system to get a championship match against Vader and then beat him. Oh, okay. What about in the WWE? Has there I'm ever sure. just been an instance where somebody got injured and last minute they had to put somebody else in the main event of the card? Has that ever happened? I'm sure it has happened, but I, you know, and again, they come up with some sort of storyline for it that, you know, where it sort of makes sense. Like, but like, was Batista and the Great Khali's feud bad enough to warrant a Punjabi prison match? Oh, well, that's a good example. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example, actually. Um. It was. It was. Um, it wasn't Batista. It was. Was it? Was it Randy Orton versus the Great Khali in the in the original Punjabi prison match where Great Khali uh, became ill and they replaced him with the Big Show and so it was a Punjabi prison match with the Big Show versus Orton. So a, Punj- so a Punjabi prison match where neither of the people were from Punjab. Correct. Of course, I don't know for sure that was for a championship. That might not have been. No, but still, that's the same but kind. That's of- still pretty random. That is random. Having a Punjabi prison match in which the Indian star 
does not participate. That was yeah. very random. Yeah. If Shinsuke was facing John Cena in a Punjabi prison match, The Undertaker that would versus be random. Big Show. Undertaker. And it was the first one. Yeah, it was. It, yes, the, I remember that. Yeah. The was Great that for a title was, or no? Uh, I don't know. It might have been. It Great American been. Bash 2006. Great Kali is supposed to be in there and was pulled. And so it was Undertaker versus Big Show in a Punjabi prison match. Because that's a great idea. Let's what show is that again? What show is that? Great American Bash 2006. I am going to watch that on the network because I want to hear what they say about it. Oh, I want to hear the not commentary. A title match. But okay, that's 2006, actually on paper. Great that's American a really good Bash. card. Finley versus William Regal. Gregory Helms versus Matt Hardy. Yeah. Paul, Paul London and Brian Kendrick versus Jamie Noble and Kid Cash. I might have to watch that too. Yeah, Undertaker versus Big Show. Now, what are they reading? What does it say here? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm I am definitely looking that one up. I'm going to go to the archives and I'm going to watch that show or at least that match. I want to hear the commentary. So this is when the Big Show was ECW champion, which I'm watching ECW now, and he is still the champion. Um, Kali was not medically cleared to compete due to elevated levels of enzymes in his liver. Yeah. Yep. And so he got pulled, and it was Big Show in there instead. And also apparently a fatal four-way broad panties match, so you'll have that to look forward to, too. Who was in it? Uh, Ashley Mazzaro, Crystal, yes. Jillian Who? Hall, and Michelle McCool. Huh. I don't remember Crystal. She was in ECW Strip Poker. I saw that. Hmm. Well, I didn't see it. I fast-forwarded past it, but it was on an episode of ECW I watched. Fair Anyways, enough. All right. Well, there's a homework assignment for some people. If you're looking for something, uh, we were asked for – Mitchell asked us for a random match. That would do it. Yeah. Not a championship match, but that'll no, do it. but still, I think it qualifies. Our last email – Yes, indeed. – comes in from Kevin Johnson. Hi, guys. Nothing to ask. Just thought I'd say hi. Hi, Kevin. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, disappointed he couldn't come with a question. Oh, man. Wow. Well, thanks for writing, Kevin. We, we've appreciated your uh, support. No, we did. We did. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin, thank you. That was, that was... If we're not going to title this Simon's email... That would be a great title for this episode. Would it? <laughs> just I, if it was possible to title the episode with a sound bite, just the way you said it was just mwah, perfection. All right, thank you. Um, what's your piece of positivity? How's Lucha Underground been? Lucha Underground was good. It was I heard good it was this Jeremiah week. Crane versus Mil Muertes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match. That was that was good. That was good. Uh, it was the White Rabbit Tribe versus um, the Worldwide Underground, and that actually was also a fun match. Like th they were all very talented, and they were having some fun with it. So like that was that was good. And then it was uh, Tejano versus uh, Pentagon Dark, and again, good match. And there was some good storytelling on the tail end of that. Um, people are cheering the heck out of Pentagon Dark, but. It's it's kind of funny because, okay, so he did some not nice things to people who are ostensibly heels, but I don't know, man. Like, breaking the arm 
of I'll just I'll just spoil it here if you haven't seen it I'm sorry but he broke the arm of famous B but then after that he came back in the ring and also broke the arm of Brenda and I just like I get that Brenda is also a heel cuz she's aligned with famous B but she's never harmed a fly so it's so strange to have people cheering and really chanting for this guy and they're cheering him because he's a bad dude I get that but I don't know, man. The, the 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 violence against somebody who really didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a, it's a weird juxtaposition. It's, I don't it's know. Interesting that you bring that up because there was a, a very intense Twitter conversation. It wasn't a fight. It was very civil and, and enjoyable um, between a number of us in the neighborhood just the other day talking about you know various issues. And somebody came up with one that one of the problems they had with WWE storytelling is that the baby faces aren't baby faces and the heels aren't heels. And, you know, they brought up the fact that, you know, they, they referenced all the way back to Enzo and Lana in the hotel room and how Enzo's the baby face, even though he's ostensibly, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having adultery or at least participating in it. And then Roman Reigns trying to kill Braun Strowman in the ambulance and all of that sounded like, and again, we're at an interesting stage where, the roles of baby faces and heels aren't aren't dictated by I do good things, I do bad things. It's right. just a matter of who the fans happen to like versus who they don't. So, right. but again, that's another example of that. My thing, I'm going to go uh, to Raw. My new favorite superstar um, is a wrestler who we will probably never see again, but I wish we will because his name is Jean-Pierre Goulet. Yeah. And let's just... Let's just go through this. So, so let's just set the scene. So at the beginning of the show, as we talked about, uh, Brock Lesnar runs roughshod over The Miz in The Miz Rush. And we learn that Jason Jordan is going to wrestle Curtis Axel later in the evening. And so then we cut to backstage and Kurt Angle goes up to the trainer who is working on Curtis Axel, who is still in his shirt and tie from the opening segment and Kurt Angle essentially goes well you know is he ready like he needs to wrestle is he ready and first of all Kurt look at the man let's (laughs) ignore the fact that he's horizontal he's in his dress clothes obviously he is not dressed to compete so Angle you know freaks out and is walking around and there's a random guy just standing there in a singlet (laughs) and you know, just happens to be standing there, and it's, oh, you. You're going out there to wrestle Jason Jordan. Go. And out comes Jean-Pierre Goulet with the star of David on the back of his singlet, which immediately made me think of Barry Horowitz. I, mm-hmm. You weren't probably watching. Do you remember Barry Horowitz? Uh, only a little, but yeah. Barry Horowitz, a jobber, very much like the Brooklyn Brawler, and right around 95 or so, got a push, beat Skip of the Body Donnas, and, you know, had a little push. Came out essentially to Hava Nagila as his theme music. It was yes, very yes, racial, yes. you know, um, culturally insensitive. But it was just, you know, the match itself didn't bother me. It was just the comedy of this guy coming out, no music, but he's listed as like essentially like a hometown guy or something like that. And it was just. Well, he was supposed to be. He was actually supposed to be heavily booed. He was billed as being from Montreal when they were in Toronto. They did that intentionally because they were hoping no. that it would make them cheer Jason Jordan. And as we saw, it totally backfired. No, 
You know why? Because wrestling fans are smart and telling me that this black guy is suddenly Kurt Angle's son is the dumbest thing in the world. And if they don't quickly admit that it's the dumbest thing in the world and have him turn heel and say he faked the whole thing so Kurt Angle can cry again, it's going to be bad. Because he is... I... The thing with this... this What was this guy's name again? Jean-Pierre... Jean-Pierre Goulet. Like so the Robert thing that Jean-Pierre makes me think about, it makes me think back to, I guess it was last year, um, when uh, good old Jimmy Ellsworth you know, was backstage on SmackDown... And you know he sort of randomly got put out there Against and then Braun put Sherman. back out and put back out there again. You know, a few weeks later, um, it just it, it conjures to mind this image that backstage at WWE shows there apparently are just Swaths little of local talent that just sort of come in and hang out. Like, are you telling me? That when the WWE brings their big time wrestling show from city to city, they're in the arena, they have security everywhere, they're setting up the, the ring, the stages, and all that. You're telling me that Kurt Angle just goes out to the parking lot and says, All right, we're going to let 40 uh, guys in singlets in. I mean, you're, they're not going to put them in the dressing room, they're not going to be using the locker room with the other guys, right? So just, okay, we're going to bring in 40 of them, and they're just going to let them mill about. No, don't go to catering. That's off limits for you guys. Feel free to just sort of stand about around yeah. the, um, the the, the find, crates. Yeah, find a find a you know production luggage box and stand by it. And maybe if a wrestler happens to, or if a general manager happens to walk by you, right, you will get selected. Twice in the last two in the last year or two, like it just it's it's just an odd thought about how <laughs> apparently they're managing the backstage of these shows. And what bothers uh, me is. I don't have my wrestling singlet anymore from my <laughs> high school days. Cause if they go, if they come to, you know, the new England area, I could be that guy. I could just I mean, be standing there. And if you like, were there you. in a singlet, they might just be like you. Why aren't, why are you standing out in the parking lot? Aren't come on inside. Say, you <laughs> more overweight, younger Art Anderson. Get out there. <laughs> Do your thing. Wrestle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've missed you, Doc Manson. I missed you too, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. That's me. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us on our uh, thrilling edition of answering Simon's email. <laughs> um, we do have a list of topics for DC and Doc Talk, the non-wrestling show on a wrestling network. Uh, so we'll have to get together at some point and record those because I have another idea for a, a tasting. That I'm are we out to. of Hopper? Are, are we out of episodes in the Hopper? Or no, we got one more? I forgot about a week because oh. I'm in total summer mode, so days have no meaning. So there was a random Sunday that came and went, and I was just like, I realized it like literally the Thursday after that I forgot to send a show. So we just had National Friendship Day. So this week is the epic tale of Mrs. Manson and Doc. And then after that, we will be out. And wow. Well, I mean, you also tell the story of D.C. Matthews and, and Mrs. Matthews. I mean, that, that gets told on that episode as well. Oh, that, that's true. That's true. She, that is true. We get, I have to remember, I have to find the notebook that has the time stamps for the little bit of editing that we need oh, to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely but, have to do some of that. Yeah. 
but that'll be up this week, and then we'll get. But again, I have an idea. I I have no interest in the mocha Oreos. I just got to tell you, the Dunkin' Donuts mocha Oreos. I, I I do have an interest in the waffles and syrup Oreos. I figure we have to try those. But here's the thing, um, I haven't eaten an Oreo since that taste test, and. When I've gone to the store and I'm just, you know, perusing the aisles and I've seen the Oreos on the shelf, I have sort of actively looked at them and said to myself, and moved along. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, but that taste test might have ruined me on Oreos. Like, I have not had Easy Mac since like sophomore year of college. And that's definitely a good thing. But I mean, we're going on what? 15 years. Am I going to go 15 years without eating an Oreo? Has it really been 15? Oh my God. We're so old. Especially you. You are much, much older. I'm a whole 72 hours older than you. Yeah. Decrepit really. It's true. I, I keep thinking next year. We are no longer going to be in the demographic in which the majority of people will care about. We'll it's be true. out of the 18 to 34 demographic. My yeah. minority <laughs> opinion will no longer matter. There you go. All right. Uh, DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Join us if you please. We love your emails. They were the theme for this entire show. So without your emails, what would we talk about? Did you read the other email I instructed you to read? I did. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. I should probably respond. Well, now he is aware that you will response imminent. Uh, Anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that lovely evening? Orangutan. All right. And I'll go with uh, philatelism. Isn't that stamp collecting? Philatelism? I don't know, but flatulence is something else completely. Uh, well, I'm glad that's what you thought of. I thought of Felicia. Of course you did. I'm still thinking about it. Well, why don't you go tell Mrs. Matthews about that? <laughs> He's Doc Manson. I'm Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews. 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 I'm DC